welcome to the nerd party. Hey everybody, this is a quick note from Tristan Riddell, one of your co-hosts here on Second Contact. Uh, there was a little technical glitch when recording this week's episode. Nothing crazy, so I may sound a little hollow, I may still sound a little distorted, but you'll definitely be able to understand me. The only reason why I mention that is because we here at the Nerd Party very much pride ourselves in great audio quality in our content. So uh, we didn't want to re-record this one because we wanted our reactions to be pure and spontaneous. We know that you're going to enjoy the episode regardless, but we just wanted to give you a heads up. Please enjoy the show. Second Contact, a Lower Decks commentary podcast. I am your co-host, Tristan Riddell, and with me as always is... Charlotte Schmidt. Char, why are you crying? Because this episode is just so beautiful. My heart is so full right now. I don't know what to do. <laughs> this episode was... All that we expected it to be, and more. I this was so exciting because right right away, like it, for those of you who listened to last week's episode, we talked about the preview, and I was overjoyed just at the preview of the episode. Yes, and I would argue that you were more excited than I was. And then I just got done watching the episode, and now we're hitting the record button, and I am just so completely blown away by what they have done here. After the week we have had, you and I have talked over instant oh message gosh. all week. It's been a rough freaking week. And we get this beautiful freaking gift from the creators of Lower Decks. Oh my god, this makes me so happy. I can't even, I don't have words. Yes, this was, this was the bomb that we needed. The salve, if you will, to heal our wounds this week. Or at least <laughs> to, uh, to lessen them just a little bit. And I just... This is by far, I mean, normally we have this kind of conversation at the end of the episode, but this is by far my favorite Lower Decks episode, and probably my favorite Star Trek episode that I've seen in years? A I decade? <laughs> I don't think it's going too far to say that. This is a masterpiece. This is a true gift, a valentine to the fans, if I even dare say that phrase. This, Yeah, let's just get right into it, because... I want to watch this episode again. I, I okay. need to watch this episode again. I'm with you. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> for those of you at home, if you uh, haven't listened to us before, what we do is we go three, two, one, hit play. We are queued up uh, after the CBS All Access logo. Again, that's after the CBS All Access logo. So if you're watching through your browser, your TV, your Xbox, however you're doing it, queue it up and I will say three, two, one, play. All right. Are you ready, Shar? I am ready. Whoosh. Okay, here we go. Three. Two, one, play. Okay, here we go. So this scene, you know, like we've seen this many times in history, and even actually in recent history, oh, honestly, with the news yes. of like of images of dictators or whomever, you know, oppressors being thrown down, you know, like the, uh -huh. just being pulled down, and so. Right off the bat, this is, like, I want to know, how did Mariner get down there? Like, how did she, was she on an away mission? Was she, um, why is she alone? I mean, were they orbiting the planet and then she just took it upon herself to beam down? I don't know. 
This is a very good point, and I actually thought that maybe this was going to be a prime directive story with the way this whole thing started off. Mm -hmm. And then now, it became something completely different. This is probably the only thing about the episode I didn't really dig on. What's that? The... I know this is going to sound stupid, and those people who have been listening for the past eight previous eight episodes know that I'm still a stickler in some ways with comedic Trek, but... I don't like how the prime directive is a joke here and how, because like this, what she did was something huge. Oh, like if she broke the yes. prime directive here, like this is gigantic. I think, I think oftentimes the prime directive is just kind of like a, eh, you know, whatever, it's fine. Now, okay. Now, before people start <laughs> screaming at me and writing me emails, I know that Star Trek is filled, filled with captains and people who break the prime directive. But this kind of breaking of the Prime Directive would get you cached out of Star uh, Starfleet. 100%. Yes. If this were an episode of Star Trek TNG, it would be a massive lecture about the meaning of the Prime Directive. We'd get right. this fantastic monologue from Patrick Stewart. Sir Patrick <laughs> Stewart, sorry. And you're right. You're right. Here it's taken a little more loosely. Like, yes, this is a big deal, but I'm beating you off and you're going to therapy. It, this actually, the scene has my one of my very small nitpicks, one small nitpick where Freeman says one to beam up, and usually that means beam me up. <laughs> yes, but somehow yes. the transporter knew to take Mariner. Okay, I gotta let that slide, but I've gotta call it out. I, 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 I know exactly what you're thinking, because I was thinking the exact same thing when it happened. It was just like, what, so how, how did they know? Come on. <laughs> Unless, the only thing that I think we can say is... Free, the captain said, okay, I'm going to go down there. I'm going to get my daughter. When I say one to beam up, that means you take my daughter away. Yes. Like However, kind of as we learned in this episode, nobody really knows that little secret. At least they're not supposed to. Uh, a, a, a member of the nerd party was talking in the chat today, and he forgot that nobody knew. He kind of felt like, because we've talked about it so much, like they've talked about it to the audience so much, uh -huh. he kind of forgot and thought, oh, it w wasn't a secret that everybody knew. Oh, ha. well, I guess, yeah, you kind of get that into your head just because we know, but that doesn't mean everybody else knows. Right, right. So why exactly are they trying to keep that under wraps? I'm curious to know, and I think we're going to get that in episode 10, where we're really going to start getting to the heart of the matter, where we start with this dynamic between mm -hmm. Freeman and Mariner, we get a little more ground covered here, and then episode 10, I'm really hoping we finally learn what got Mariner demoted. They are going to wait until episode 10, aren't they? Yes. Now, this right here, the counselor, I love that they put him in civilian clothes, because that was always the um, kind of audience reason as to why uh, Deanna Troy was in civilian clothes because she was a counselor. I don't think they sure. ever really said it out loud. I know that Jellico said like, oh, I know the Captain Picard was laxed on the, on the uniform code, but I expect to be in uniform. Uh -huh. But we all always just assumed that it was, oh, it's because she's a counselor. She needs to be on their level. She needs to be a relaxing you know, like presence. not a rank sure. thing, just a relaxing presence. And so this, I feel like this kind of proves it. I think so. I think that's at least at the very least acknowledging that that was mm -hmm. a thing. And then what you could argue that when Deanna Troy was starting to become more of a bridge officer, meaning she was doing command training, that also justified more of the uniform treatment. Right. Absolutely. 
Also, I love that they acknowledge in the, if this is the 80s, we don't have psychiatric <laughs> problems. Okay, Mariner. Yeah, that, 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 made me, uh, that made me chuckle. So Boimler walks in and he just, he says, he's like, hey, can I take over the deck? None of them answer in the affirmative. And he just doesn't. And he just How doesn't. But then that? here's the revenge is Mariner is reprogramming. And what have I said about people reprogramming on the Cerritos? Therapy! <laughs> Therapy! So, all right. So we go from 16 by 9 down to 2.39 anamorphic. Uh-huh. And we see film scratches. Yes! I love that detail so much. Also, I love this kind of juxtaposition of the TNG font with Star Trek II thematic music. Yes. Oh, yes. my heart! Yes! And also, I love that you can see the glow of the blue on their faces when it gets close to them. Absolutely. And they have to dodge as the names move. This, and honestly, Zahn reference! What's that from? That's from the undeveloped Star Trek II series. The next, oh. what was it? Phase two. Hey, good catch. Yeah. But Boimler is not a Zahn. He's a Boimler. He is, as this episode once again confirms, he is the whipping boy. He will be the forever ensign. <laughs> He's in a good club with Harry Kim. Schindler has already, uh, Mike Schindler, a fellow co-host on the Nerd Party, has already uploaded a design to Redbubble for a shirt that says programmed by um, Mariner Beck, or Beckett Mariner. Or Mariner oh, of course he has. That's brilliant. I'm probably going to have to get that. Is this the first time we see Starfleet officers on jet skis? It is, right? I think. I think so. Not yes, that that's and like apparently an accomplishment or something. jet skis have the pads as well. Is that their GPS? <laughs> they put their, their iPad, they just click in their iPad right in there. Right? Yeah, they dock it. Yeah, I think it is their GPS. We just got a glimpse of what's on the screen. It's Honestly, hilarious. the camera work here too. Like they have just a subtle kind of handheld shake to it. Just yes! real subtle. I mean, the level of detail they're putting into this is so gorgeous. And then there's also like the little blotches on the screen. Just, mm-hmm. oh my God. And we're starting to see some lens flares. Is there a oh few my. lens flares there? And then we, when the ship comes out, it's just, it's like you can barely see it. There's so many oh, lens flares. Oh, yeah, yeah, the bridge. It's just lens flare everywhere. It's blinding. They knew exactly what they were doing. 100%. It takes little bits from all of the movies and puts them into this. It's just so good. I'm crying again. I know this is a joke, but this storyline is really interesting. Like, I kind of yeah. want to see this movie where they're like, <laughs> Like, uh, the, the, the San Clemente uh, made second contact, but we don't have a San Clemente. Like, you know, like that kind of thing. Like, that's, that's a really interesting movie. It really is. That's a good idea, isn't it? Oh, this. and here comes what might be the best <laughs> sequence in the whole episode, which is saying a lot. Or, like, I say, like, the entire series so far. Because it you goes be on right. just a little too long. Yep. On purpose. Yep. The rainbow effect is beautiful. But my favorite part is coming in about, I think, 10 seconds. And I think you know which one it is. <laughs> you gotta love the tears, man. He's just so in love with the ship, as every engineer is, right? They right, are attached right. at the hip to their ship. <laughs> it's just, it's just, I know. it goes on so long and it starts to swirl and pick up pace. We get it from like, probably every like angle. 70 different angles. Every, it's, I mean, they're, yeah, they're obviously making fun of the motion picture. And, and the here engineer it is. is getting... There, there it is! is. 
You spin me right round, baby, right round. The, yes. That that's when I lost it. Like that is when I I started getting water in the eyes from tears because I was laughing so hard. Is when they got that <laughs> extra last spin in. Same. It was just so good. This episode is so self aware of what it is doing, and then takes mm-hmm. it just one little notch further. It's just so gorgeous. I'm gonna continue to call the Cerritos a handsome lady. <laughs> handsome lady. I'm down with that. Oh, the lens flare. The so lens, many lens flare. Flares. And also there's a lens flare on the plush leather chair. <laughs> <laughs> Extra flare, baby. It's the movies. We can do whatever we want. Oh, and we get a warp me. Like, is this officially? Oh, wait, right here. Like the added warp effect on oh, the yes. engines that didn't exist in the show, but it exists in the movie. <laughs> All right. It's the movies. You've got to amp it up, right? It's the movies. You've got to change the warp effect like they did in every single movie. <laughs> right. Now, we don't get any transporter effects in here, do we? Because that's the other thing. Uh, I don't recall. I've only watched it once, guys. I can't, I can't remember. I can't remember, yeah. Gotta love the bird of prey. So this, this scene by itself, what, like how over the top she was, how oh, she's sure. quoting Shakespeare, yes. and she's mispronouncing her name saying, Free Man! <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Also, at this point, this is so like, okay, so you see Rutherford, and he's basically half cyborg here. Mm-hmm. And for a second, I was like, wait, does he have a robotic arm? Like, I actually had to ask myself that. Ah. I was like, did he lose like half of his body, or was it just an implant in the head? And, um, <laughs> but no, then I was just like, oh, it's just for the, just for the movie. It's just the costume. Gotta admit, they do look pretty badass here. It's true, and... I do like that Tindy was uncomfortable about being schlepped in there with uh, Orion piracy. Yes, totally. I mean, they haven't been really doing that for about five years. So come (laughs) on. But it was nice that she called it out like, hey, that's not me. Maybe that's the stereotype of my culture, but that's just not the way I am. At the very end, that was a nice way to wrap that up. Yeah. I mean, I feel like they probably could have leaned into it a little bit harder but they were able to not get too preachy on it either. Yeah, no, I thought they balanced it nicely. Yeah. They said what Shempo. they needed to say. <laughs> Poor Shempo. Shempo. We barely knew ye. Free man. I'm so, I laughed every single time she said free man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's so into this, right? And for a while, when Tendi calls it out, you're just wondering, okay, why is this so much of a thing it remi- it reminded me in star trek 4 where bones says to scotty don't bury yourself in the part which is how i think boimler is feeling mm-hmm. so i love that ship design where it comes off and then uh, lasers into the hull and we actually see it rotate i thought that was pretty yeah cool. pretty efficient too oh except it kills a couple people when you hit the deck ouch so um mariner's gun is freaking awesome <laughs> like it, it has four barrels and rotates between the barrels as it fires. Like that's such such a cool oh, little detail. Yeah. Oh, I it has five barrels. That. Excuse me. That's pretty badass. Oh, he says witch here. I thought he said oh, something else. You know, another thing I just noticed is the tattoo on Rutherford. Mm-hmm. It looks yeah. like the Punisher tattoo a little bit, like an alien <laughs> version of the Punisher tattoo. <laughs> looks good on him. So right off the bat here, when Rutherford said that he was going to be able to talk to his boss with no consequences. Everybody knew exactly what he was going to do. Like right. He was going to give him nothing but praise. 
Yeah, he's not there to do what Mariner's here to do, which is to kill her boss. No, he... I Maybe we should just talk about it now. Is he kind of in love with uh, his boss? Or is it just because he's as much of an engineering nerd? I don't know. Like, it was in 2020, like, with when we saw that scene, I was just kind of like, I don't know. I feel like this could go either way. Same. I w- I'm, go- I'm still going back and forth on it. Just... I don't think he does. I think it is just supreme admiration and they were leaning into the joke. Okay. But I would not be surprised if they're just like, oh no, there's some feelings there. They just don't want to touch on it. You know, like, or something mm. like that. I'd be like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I just, I, I get that Billups loves the Cerritos probably more, if not just you know, as much as Rutherford. They've got this mutual admiration, but then there's also Rutherford admiring the heck out of his boss. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I wondered, is it beyond, is it a crush or not? I don't know. Also, I was expecting a barrel roll in this scene. (laughs) Oh, what a missed opportunity. I know. I I guess we can't have it all. I mean, they really go for it here. It's really hard to throw in everything. Yeah, this is some some different crushing, at least on their abilities. (laughs) Man, 24th century L cars. It's just so beautiful. It is. I can't believe that they threw in a really subtle cannabis reference when they were teching the tech. Did you catch that? I did not. No, I did not. Oh, yeah, they did. (laughs) Well, you're from California, so I don't... It's legal here. That's right. Tell the ball race. Yes, I love that. (laughs) And I just love how Mariner dismisses his... I've got a big gun. I'm going to shoot you. Ah, shut up. This is awesome. Like, this is ingenious, like holding a board head to get the deflector shield. Right? Yeah. It's pretty clever. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, it would work in the movies, not the TV show, but it would work in the movies. That's right. That's right. So this moment right here, this is when I really start to appreciate the situation and where Tendi's coming from. Because as an audience, we're starting to feel this too. Like when Shax gets killed, you're like, whoa, hey, like these are people she knows. Yes, exactly. Like, this is weird. Like, this is on the level of, like, people fantasizing about killing their boss or, like, people fantasizing about killing their coworkers, which is an extremely dark thing to deal with. Totally. And this is a very, very, very sensitive topic, and it could have been done in a very poor way, but I think it's because it's a cartoon, because it's fantasy... Um, I think it's done okay. Now, t- every once in a while, it goes a little bit into soft focus. Did you notice that? Yes. Like, in oh, the projection totally. booth is off a little bit. Uh-huh. Oh, also, the blood goes away when she walks out. Fantastic oh, detail. yeah. Yeah. So good. So this is this is actually the episode, once again, once again, like, this is the episode I thought we were going to get all the backstory. I was hoping for that. I really was. I was like, please don't save it for episode 10. Please don't. But of course they will. And I think by episode two, you and I said, we're not going to get it until episode 10, are we? (laughs) I think you made that call. And yeah, I think you're right. I love the simplicity of the Delta Shield. Yeah. I love that that, they took away the extra stuff. (laughs) What I'm enjoying is that we're finally starting to get into the dynamic a little bit here, where we've had Mm -hmm. little bits and pieces of what's between Mariner and Tendi, but not Tendi, <laughs> Freeman, forgive me. But oh my god, okay, this sequence. This is the other thing that just made me cry with joy. 
bits of Star Trek Generations and the crash sequence also with Timeless on Voyager. Yes. Like combining yes. the two and then it's going to kind of roll like a plate. Flare. Oh yeah. my God, this is just so good. So good. Like rolling like that is, is pure. Okay, so look up in the top right corner. Uh-huh. Right there. Okay. Did you see that little circle? Oh, yes. That's called a cigarette burn. Huh? When, like what it is is that whenever there's so like a lot of people this is a lot of people who didn't know this before probably learned it in Fight Club that a movie doesn't just come on one big reel or at least it used to mm, uh, like it, right. it, it came on like seven seven reels and so the projectionist had to do a seamless transition from act break to act break yeah and it would normally happen in between a cut in between a scene or some sort of break and so that cigarette burn is the notification to the projectionist to get ready to do the changeover. Oh, is that why that's there? I never knew that. And so that happened a couple of times in the episode whenever we got to an act break. Oh my God. I'm going to watch this over and over and over for little details like that. I just, wow, they really nailed it, didn't they? So what we saw just now was flickering um, panels of, uh-huh. the, of the L cars. And it was, it showed us that L cars are reprogrammable. Now we all knew that as Star Star Trek fans, sure. But we never. I don't think we've ever actually seen it too terribly much because in TNG, like it was a, a plexiglass display, and so they didn't want to change it too much. They didn't want to put in the budget, sure. Uh, but this one showed that, like, with it flickering like that, like it could actually change. Now I know that there has been examples in TNG. Again, don't write me. Just saying, it was <laughs> very uncommon to see something like that. Mm, gotcha. Now, again, we're having another movie reference, a subtle one, where they're kind of chasing each other. Reminds me of Picard against the Borg Queen in First Contact. Also, I think that was an alien reference, too. Oh, was it? Okay. When she said, like, get off my mom, you bee. But, like, <laughs> it's, like, get, it's, I think it's, like, get away from her, you, you know. Gotcha. In Aliens. Now, thematically speaking, is Mariner her own worst enemy? Is that what we should be getting out of this? I think so. I think that's a fair assessment. I think it's it's kind of hard not to make that, um, you know that uh that revelation. Sure. That uh, like she's literally fighting herself, mm-hmm. and and like we have the 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 angel and devil of our natures fighting against each other. Right. I love that in Boimler's version of Mariner, she's much more honest with herself. <laughs> well, sure, he would see that side of her, right? Whereas I feel like maybe she indulges her demons a little more. Or maybe it's saying that in her personal logs and her private thoughts that she's aware of what she's doing. Hmm. But only to herself, no, never to anybody else. But then why is she, I guess, is sabotaging herself the right way to say it? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Because she wanted to be in the brig. Like, she wanted to be yeah. in the brig. Like, that's why she was pissed at the counselor and going to therapy. <laughs> yes, and destroying plants. I noticed that both Mariner and Freeman did that. <laughs> yes. There was, I think there, that scene later on where, where Freeman is, is in the counselor's office, was. Yeah. It, it shows that they're more alike than, than not. Oh, oh, totally. They are probably too much alike, which is, I think, in part what fuels their conflict. But it's also because Freeman is looking out for her daughter. She's doing the best that she can, but maybe she does not know how to relate to Mariner. And so a lot of times Mariner interprets that as, oh, I'm never good enough for you. You hate me. What can I possibly do that will make you happy? Poor Boimler. 
I gotta love that it's Jet holding Boimler down. Remember this? What well, the he was the guy who he's the ex boyfriend of his ex of his ex girlfriend. Right? <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, yes. Some psychological issues there, I think. <laughs> yeah, this 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 scene was nice. Like it was, it had a lot of humor, but also was some great character development at the same yes. time. Yes. Yeah, there is growth here. There is change and development. I'm hoping it's just going to continue right into the next episode and we just plunge right into that. And this was nice to hear, even though it's from a holographic representation. I don't oh, hate sure. the ship. I don't hate my crewmates. I, I work with my best friends. It's nice to know that she actually does feel that way, even though we do know it. It was, it was confirmed here. Yeah, well, especially when we've seen her shooting them for however mm -hmm. many minutes now. This is this is also classic right here, where like they caught her monologuing so that mm -hmm. she could destroy the ship. And I also I, I really like that they lost. They lost yeah? their holographic movie. Both <laughs> both Bo like in their separate missions, like Boimler and Mariner lost. You know, not every story has a happy ending. Although it kinda <laughs> does. Also I love this um this joke too. Therapy works, guys. Therapy works. <laughs> I love that. As a psych student, I couldn't help but appreciate that. No, obviously, this is, of course, this is just Star Trek fashion where for one episode you have issues and then you, you don't have them anymore. Well, let's fix that in the next episode. I really wish I could say in retrospect, yeah, they're going to totally capitalize on that, but we don't know what happens next week. We're recording this in real time the day the episode's released. So I, I do like that they buttoned this up where they had resolution between Tendi and, and Mariner because totally. it is very common in Star Trek for Starfleet officers to be specious against Ferengi, Cardassians, Klingon, you know, like the sure. people that, sure. that, that they're, yeah, the, the Orions, it's, 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 it's very easy to do that. And I know that we gloss over it sometimes because, oh, yeah, they're the bad guys. But it's, it was nice to see it kind of explored a little bit more in Deep Space Nine. But it's much more common than we get than we give it credit for, and so it was nice to see that confronted. Totally, I mean, Star Trek unfortunately capitalizes on mono monoculture a lot, so it's cool to know that hey, not every Orion is a freaking pirate or a slave trader or whatever. Mm -hmm. No, they're just like humans, where there's a lot of diversity. This <laughs> every every episode, I'm just go, I just go. Oh, poor Boimler. Like, just... Poor Boims. He's just... He just can't figure it out yet. You know, this I'm hoping... This framing is perfect. Like, with the... Just, like, the the people in, in the foreground and her in the background. And and just, like, the, the, the smoke coming up. It's just... It's so cinematic. It's so perfect. <laughs> it really is. And this is where Boimler finds out that Mariner is indeed Freeman's daughter. And did not know. This is confirmation. And he's freaked out. I do like that the Cerritos has the old style holodeck and not the Voyager style holodeck. Sure. Yeah. It shows us that this was made a little bit ago. Like, again, this in this scene, when he completely fails miserably, 
Yep. I'm just like, come on, give him a win every once in a while. I give him, please. He's not going to get it here. And in fact, he's going to get very bad marks for being quote unquote unprepared. If only she knew. <laughs> Poor boys. I really do feel bad for him here. Oh, no, I didn't bother to prepare for interview. Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> Such now, a great episode. this. Uh, Next week. <sighs> oh, wait. Oh, that's right. We have this scene. Yes. The torpedo tube! I don't quite get this because the real Marinal, Mariner was Vindicta. Yeah. So this is funny, We've turned but the it tables. doesn't make sense. <laughs> she gets shot by Da Vinci because we're not going to get the sequel. Now, and this the end is here, the cherry oh, on top. It so is. Even the characters' names are signed in lieu, like in the same fashion as, like, say, Tendi's is like DeForest Kelly. And right, it's just so right. beautiful. Now, Boimler's, I, this is the one that I need on a t-shirt with the right? little, with the, the Delta, Delta shield on the eye. <laughs> yes, I squeed. It was that good. And now we're going to get the season finale. Can you believe it? This, this, these weeks have just zoomed by. This they is really crazy. have. Oh my gosh. What are, I, I know we're going to get Discovery, but without Lower Decks... Oh. Also, exocomps. Exocomps. Freaking exocomps. And it's a Starfleet officer. Yeah. Ascension. Starfleet. Oh my gosh. Oh, what could go wrong? <laughs> this is so this is so freaking amazing. Yeah, like oh. I just I'm loving the show more and more every single time we watch it. Oh my god, I love this show so much. Now, looking at the credits real quick, I had a feeling that the therapist voice was Paul F. Tompkins, aka oh, Mr. Yeah. Peanut Butter on Bojack Horseman. That's confirmation. I just had to be sure. And got to mention, he and Tawny Newsom are co-hosting the Star Trek Pod Directive podcast, which is oh, I'd forgotten that. amazing. The two have incredible chemistry. I could listen to them talk all day and they're doing incredible interviews. I, have, I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but I, I definitely will. Oh, it, it's so good. Check it out, you guys, if you haven't already. I'm thoroughly enjoying that. And something else that you should check out is thenerdparty.com, hey. where you can get all of our backlogged episodes, where you can listen to every single episode of our Lower Decks commentary just by going to the uh, thenerdparty.com, selecting Second Contact. And while you're there, there's so many other great shows on our network. There's Star Trek stuff, there's Star Wars stuff, there's Harry Potter stuff, there's Babylon 5, there's Doctor Who, there's movies, TV, tons and tons of things for every type of nerd and geek. It's just, it is a if I do say so myself, a fantastic collection of great hosts and great shows. And uh, also, if you could take the time and go to Apple Podcasts and give us a review, that would be fantastic. That would really mean a lot to us because it shows that we have, we have uh, listeners out there who appreciate what we do. It kind of gives us motivation to keep doing more. And, uh, and yeah, it only, takes, it only takes a minute of your time. So please take the, take the time if you can. Shar, is there anything else that you want to talk about with this episode before we sign off? It's going to take me a little while to really encapsulate just how much I love this episode. Like, it's still fairly raw for me. I've just watched it twice now, and I'm going to watch it a whole lot more. This is a love letter to fans done right with so many Star Trek references. And, and yes, they're throwing everything in, but it's not overbearing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Where some people have complained, okay, Lower Decks is just trying to pander to us by making all these references, but this is just fun. Right. That's the thing, is that like, and people who have listened to every episode, 
you've heard my journey in kind of accepting this mm-hmm. because there were several times in the early episodes where I'm just like, come on, like that doesn't make sense to make that reference here. Like, why would they be talking about that? And there have been times when their their references have been a little off timeline wise. <laughs> uh, but besides that, you just have to accept that this is for fun. They are ref- like it is filled with Easter eggs on purpose because that's the point of the show. It's self referential, yes. self-effacing Star Trek, but they do it in a loving way. They do, and they're self-aware. This show is self-aware. It knows what it is, and I appreciate that a lot. <sighs> this might be one of my favorite episodes in all of Star Trek. I don't think it's premature to say that. I know it's easy to have recency bias, and I know that a lot of people do have that when it comes to Discovery and Picard and everything like that because it's new and it's fresh in your brain. Sure. People have immediate love for it and then get really, really upset if you have anything negative to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. But with this, within the framework of the show, like, can this episode compare to the drumhead? No, because it's apples and oranges. (laughs) But all that you can go by is your enjoyment and your appreciation of it and what it means to you. And right now, Shar, you and I have watched this episode, had a great time, was thoroughly entertained. We were inside the Star Trek universe. It was a great story with um, some great character development and some really funny gags. And so while watching the drumhead, just because just I'm going to stick with that reference. <laughs> drumhead! You, drum, hashtag drumhead. Um, you, you enjoy it in a very different way. You're engaged in a different way. You're... Yeah. It's it's political. It's it's encapsulating. It's it's captivating, and it's it has great writing that makes you think. That's not lower decks. <laughs> <laughs> not not thoroughly. Not in that not, same not strictly, light. Not strictly. Not in that same light. I'm, that's not a knock on lower decks. I think the writing's fantastic. Yes. But it's just in a different way, and so yeah, yeah. That's how you have to balance it out, and so. This may be recency bias. I don't care. I had a great time. (laughs) Yeah, I I really do think this is going to hold up in terms of its enjoyment value, which is why I'm saying this is probably going to be right at the very top of my favorite episodes in all of Star Trek. It's just that good. They put in so much effort and detail. They really know what they're doing with this series. I mean, Mm -hmm. oh, I just I have nothing but praise. For the folks who have worked on this show, I love you all so much. Thank you for this gift. It has meant the world in 2020. It really has. Especially right now, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it were any other year, I'm sure we would be enjoying Lower Decks, nevertheless. But right now, when we really... (laughs) I need a lot of escapism to just enjoy and not think about all of the world's problems. This does it for me so much. It. This is my therapy. And it works. <laughs> so next week is the season finale, and it is they they kind of they kept the the plot line a little close to the vest. Like they we don't did. exactly know what it's going to be about, and I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, which means I think it's going to be a bit of a humdinger. As good as this is, maybe we're going to get another explosive episode next week. I'm maybe excited. Better. We don't know. We'll have to wait until next week to find out. And also, you guys will have to wait until next week to hear our next episode. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for downloading and subscribing. Tell your friends. Let them know that you love this show 
and that they need to listen to our podcast as well. So thank you so much, and we'll see you next week. Stay Cerrito strong. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.